Welcome to FACL, Ontario's podcast. FACL is a coalition of Asian-Canadian legal professionals working to promote equity, justice, and opportunity for Asian-Canadian legal professionals and a wider community. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the FACL podcast series. This is your host, Michelle Cito, broadcasting live from my shoebox condo. And I'm your co-host, Andrea Lee, recording this podcast from my own home. We have Lai King Hum joining us today. Lai is the founder of Hum Law Firm, which focuses on all aspects of workplace and employment law. She's also the past president of FACL Ontario. Welcome, Lai, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you. So first and foremost, we wanted to ask, how are you doing? How are you coping through this COVID situation? I'm, co- I'm coping fine. Family's doing well. We've been busy been busy in terms of uh, employment law consultations, especially in the first couple of weeks. I was just, I, I don't think I slept very well. <laughs> it was uh, a lot of uh, people calling in, especially my employer client. We have heard numerous stories of arguing students facing very precarious situations during the pandemic. So for example, you know, we've heard stories of certain law firms requiring their students to work at the office. Um, to meet with clients in person, despite the government lockdown, despite social distancing policies. So as an employment law lawyer, what are these students' rights under this particular situation? I guess to start with law firms and anyone providing uh, support to the legal and justice system are considered essential businesses. So those businesses are able to remain open. The social distancing rules still apply, though. So if someone is required to go into work, I don't think that the student can refuse unless there's a health and safety issue. Health and safety issues could include, um, you know, there's a lack of um, hand sanitizers or lack of social distancing being practiced in the firm. Meeting with the client is fine. Keeping a distance um, with the client and, and making sure that there's certain other measures being taken is uh, something that the student should watch out for. So for instance, we, we had someone who needed a document commission for uh, something outside of Canada. They needed this to be done in person and the jurisdiction didn't accept um, like video signatures. We had my associate went into the office and there was no, no paperwork exchanged. They put the paper on the, on the boardroom table. They were six feet apart. The signature was signed. The paper was signed. And then the client would walk away and she would then go to the document and do her part. There's ways to make sure that the environment is safe. If the student finds that there are issues, though, if the client extends a hand, you can certainly refuse it. If the boardroom is extremely small and there's no way to be six feet apart, then they can refuse it. But they can't simply refuse to go into work. There's no government requirement that people do not go into work if you're part of the essential business sector. Thanks for that helpful information. We're also hearing stories about associates and firms being temporarily laid off or having the reviews um, and accordingly payment of their bonuses for the previous year being delayed. We also hear about people being required to take holidays now. 
so that when business returns to normal, they aren't away from work. Have you been hearing about similar issues? We just want to know what rights uh, and protections associates have that they should be aware of. The temporary layoff issue is a big one since the since even just before the shutdown, but especially after the shutdown of uh, non-essential businesses, layoffs have been the uh, top issue that I faced. I have been hearing about associates being uh, temporarily laid off, wages reduced. The postponement of the bonus I haven't heard from about personally, um, but I could see that happening. For the most part, I think that bonuses tend to be discretionary. So unless there's some formula, associates will... Well, let's, let's, uh, I'm going to approach this a different way. For the most part, what I find has been happening is most employees are being very pragmatic about how they approach this. Uh, it's not like it's a booming job market out there and, and uh, you're going to claim a constructive dismissal because an employer has uh, temporarily laid you off. Temporary layoffs are a big issue because in ordinary circumstances, a temporary layoff could be grounds for a constructive dismissal unless your contract stipulates that you can be laid off or you have a collective agreement that says there can be temporary layoffs. So under ordinary circumstances, when someone comes to me and says, look, I've been temporarily laid off, what do I do? Um, Normally, I would explore a constructive dismissal with them. We are in unprecedented times and I find that most people, really their chief goal is, I just want to get back to work. And I don't want to claim constructive dismissal unless I have to. And since you've got two years to make a claim against an employer, most people are prepared to just wait it out. If a temporary layoff goes on for too long, then it becomes a deemed dismissal in any event. If someone can go back to their job, most people are happy about that. I find that I'm getting many calls from employers, but I'm getting less calls from employees. And I suspect it's because most people are prepared to accept, okay, I'm temporarily laid off. I know I'm actually lucky to keep my job, but so many people are actually being terminated or just have lost their jobs because businesses are just close down and don't know when they'll be able to reopen again. So on a pragmatic level, most associates are likely going to say, okay, I know I can claim a constructive dismissal, but let's just see where this goes. When businesses open up again, we'll see whether I'm actually going to be laid off permanently or it's truly a temporary layoff. And, you know, I'm going to encourage everyone, apply for whatever government relief you qualify for. If you're laid off, you qualify for the CERB, the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit. So you qualify for the CERB. That goes uh, for 16 weeks. And after the 16 weeks, you can apply for EI. It's a very difficult time for everyone. And um, pragmatically, you know, just make sure that the communication lines are open with uh, the firm or your employer or the managing partner um, and that it's clear that this is truly a temporary situation and once business opens up again that you'll be back at work. So you said you were really busy and you're getting a lot of calls from employers or more of your employer side clients. Other than, you know, 
kind of the issues we're talking about, temporary layoffs, that sort of thing. What are some other top issues and concerns that your employer clients have reached out to you wanting your advice for? The chief topic has been temporary layoffs. Mm -hmm. Most people do not want to terminate their staff unless they absolutely have to. The second thing, though, is permanent termination. So there are some businesses that already know we cannot survive this for this extended period of time. I've got clients who are in uh, industries like the travel or or conference industry where they know they can't sustain it for, for this period of time. Even before the uh, shutdown of non-essential businesses, the travel industry was already suffering. Anyone who's involved in travel to China had been had seen their businesses dramatically drop since the beginning of the year. So the second biggest thing that I've been consulted on is uh, permanent terminations. So there are people who are permanently terminated and they want to know how to go about doing that. It's not an easy thing for employers to do, but they've been doing that. Some of them have retracted um, somewhat on the terminations because of the government initiative with the wage subsidy. Initially, it was 10%. It's now up to 75%. And there's all sorts of rules around that. And government relief is changing day to day. So it's been actually quite hard to keep up with it. Um, But we, um, our team has been monitoring it every single day. And we try to send out updates to our clients about what relief is available. So there's been some pullback on terminations because of the wage subsidy. There is government relief, but, you know, there's only so much uh, some employers can do because some businesses will not survive. I guess the third thing that uh, employers are consulting on is attendance and health and safety issues. So I've been talking to a lot of people about, you know, on the one hand, their non-essential businesses are shut down. So can't work unless you're in the type of business that can survive by remote working. If you are an essential business, then some employers are finding that employees don't actually want to go into work. They want, obviously they don't want to be laid off, but they're very concerned about, well, what safety measures do you have in place? So there's management of attendance and, um, you know, wondering what kind of measures they need to have in place in order for employees to go into work and what they can do if an employee decides, look, I simply don't want to go into work. And um, there have been some who are also concerned about, well, someone just tells me I've been sick, I'm sick and I'm not going into work. Does an employer just simply say, okay, well, I accept that you're sick. If it's weeks on, if if it goes on for several weeks, does an employer simply say, okay, I accept that you're sick? As it is in, I think it was later in March, employers can no longer uh, require sick notes. I mean, who, who you want to avoid people having to go to their doctor to get a note and, and risk getting sick while getting the note. So that employers cannot require it. But for those who are concerned, well, well, what if the person's just saying they're sick so they can avoid going into work? Well, I mean, if you ever find out that they can't, that they actually weren't sick, you can terminate for cause. But these are such a, um, unusual times that uh, there has to be some flexibility. On the employee side, I mean, if you're concerned about your health, you, you know, insist on certain measures being in place. Mm-hmm. 
if there are not the required health and safety measures, you can refuse on the basis that the employer is not implementing the required measures. So why I want to tie what you just said back to an earlier question we asked, and that was with respect to articling students. So, you know, articling students find themselves where their health maybe perhaps is jeopardized because the employer is not putting in the safety measures required for a safe workplace. What can an articling student do given the fact that they are at the bottom and they may not want to rock the boat? What's the pragmatic approach for this articling student to use? First of all, if there are any uh, students out there who are watching and uh, want to just quickly email me or give me a call, I'm happy to have a quick discussion. There's the legal aspect. And yes, you can take measures, you know, insist on on the employer doing certain things, making sure their workplace is safe. But pragmatically speaking, yes, you don't want to necessarily rock the boat. So what can you do? Normally, I try to encourage people to speak to the employer in the case of articling students or or placement students. There's a three-way relationship. It's not just an employer-employee, but there's also the law society or the Ryerson that's involved if you're a placement student. I think you, you want to try to get everyone involved. The principal has obligations to ensure that the article process or the placement process is a successful one and that they are providing you with what you need in order to successfully complete your articles or your placement. If, for whatever reason, the principal is not doing that, you can always have a discussion with Ryerson, which um, has the LPP program, or with the Law Society, which uh, oversees the articling process. Interestingly, the Law Society has also implemented uh, measures for students who have lost their positions as a result of this measures for the pandemic. They have indicated that they're prepared to consider abridgments to articling so that if you find you're missing uh, some time, they may uh, agree to shorten it. So I encourage people also to look on the Law Society website. There are measures that they're looking at, understanding that this is a very unusual time. (laughs) I um, subscribe to Malcolm Mercer's uh, tweets, and I just saw it last night. He tweeted out that the recruitment process for the new year, for 21, 21, and 22, is being deferred. Um, So if anyone is looking for articles for the coming year, they should keep up to date on that. Apparently, there's going to be an answer around that on May 15th. So, you know, there are pragmatic ways of approaching this. Most people are not strictly, you know, trying to adhere to their legal obligations uh, or their rights. I shouldn't say obligations, their rights by insisting, oh, well, you know, you've constructively dismissed me and I'm, I'm going to claim termination pay or I'm going to sue you for uh, revoking a contract that you entered into with me. I think most people just want to be able to either go back to work or um, have their articles completed. It sounds like you've been really busy keeping up with all of these updates, all of the changes from the Law Society, from the government and advising a number of parties uh, about the changing landscape. So employment lawyers like yourself, I think, might be in a situation where 
you are busier now than than ever uh, addressing some of these changing topics and changing issues. While we hear that other lawyers practicing in areas such as general corporate law or criminal personal injury uh, and civil litigation, they have been seeing a drop in their business as clients tighten up their purse strings or you know non-essential court cases have been adjourned. Um, so you're the managing principal of a successful small firm. Do you have any practical advice to share with other small firms or solo practitioners as we all head towards uh, an inevitable economic downturn? Hmm, that's a good question. You know, we've been busy, but because we're in self-isolation, each of us are working from home. We did this even the week before the uh, official shutdown of business. So I think there were people were being encouraged to keep a distance. We decided to uh, shut down the week before. And, you know, yes, we've been very busy since the shutdown. We've been fielding a lot of uh, calls that from uh, very worried businesses and from individuals. But we've also implemented other things. So part of being in self-isolation has meant that we are honing up on our ability to work remotely. We had gone as paperless as possible. So most of our documents are electronically uploaded. You know, none of us wants to be in this kind of a situation. And um, I think you just have to find ways to continue to do business attend to the things that you always meant to do, but never found the time to. So one of the things that we do is have daily meetings to keep up with everyone. So every morning, we have a a team meeting, there's three lawyers, one student and two staff, and all of us are on the call, we keep up to date. It's something that we've implemented for this period. But you know, maybe we'll just continue doing it. There's other things that we are doing as well that we probably would not have seriously looked into, but for this unusual situation. So we've been uh, looking at our different processes, looking to see how we can improve on them, considering timetables for writing articles, for, you know, doing podcasts like this. Um, I think there's a lot that uh, businesses, small businesses and um, solo practitioners can do to one of the buzzwords right now is pivot, pivot (laughs) to see where you can better position yourself coming out of this. There is, there's lots of business for some people, but it's also a time where you can shore up your foundations and pivot towards a different way, perhaps, of doing business or at least attend to the things that you always meant to do but never found the time to. So, you know, I guess we don't really know when, when we're going to be emerging out of this lockdown. But the normal is going to be different. And as we move and transition into the office, into the workplace, what we've learned during the pandemic is going to change what the workplace is going to look like in the short term, medium term, and most likely the long term. How do you think COVID-19 is going to change this workplace for companies, for firms, for government? I don't know if I'm the best person to ask that, but um, my uh, speculation is that there will be changes So especially in the uh, judicial system, because I'm an employment lawyer, I I deal a lot with uh, tribunals and with the uh, 
superior court. I'm also a deputy judge, so I sit in small claims. In all these areas, there had always been some talk about making things easier so that you can do online filing, online access to records, more video conferencing for uh, simpler matters such as you know, maybe uh, pre-trial conferences or mediations, that is going to skyrocket, I think. <laughs> I am involved in collective bargaining right now. I'm involved in um, a couple of arbitrations. All of them are being held by video conference. Um, there's another hearing, which I would actually have preferred to be in person and to uh, wait for uh, business to get back to some semblance of normal. But that also is being held by video conference. I think that will happen more and more. To me, that's going to be the chief change. It's a topic that everyone talks about. What, it's, what is it going to be like when we get back? What, what's going to be the new normal? And some people are saying, well, people have short memories. It'll all go, get back to uh, the way it was. Uh, people will forget. I personally think that there will be changes. And I think that um, especially when it comes to more remote styles of working, more online, more video conferencing. We have the technology, thankfully. I wish I had bought Zoom stock, um, you know, in, in 2019. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> but I didn't. Apps like Zoom, um, we use BlueJeans at the firm. So it's another uh, video conferencing app. All of those will be, you know, hopefully uh, become more secure and um, something that more and more people are going to be using. It uh, will change the stop, the way that we uh, do pleadings and that we do uh, submissions and uh, prepare witnesses and everything. But, you know, um, I, that to me is going to be the chief changes in, in most workplaces. Um, for other workplaces where remote working or video conferences is, uh, is just not possible, you know, probably a stronger emphasis on, on health and safety. Yes, you pointed out a few changes that I've already noticed with my own firm. We're starting to use Microsoft Teams a little bit more, for example. Yes. Yes, and and even as a way to share documents on a screen with each other and and work together remotely. Yes, definitely changing the way our office is approaching files. So we wanted to close on a lighter, more personal note, and and ask you if you've discovered anything new and unexpected about yourself during this period of self isolation. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if I've discovered anything new, but I've rediscovered things. You know, you get busy, and <laughs> I found that I ate out a lot. Though I love cooking, um, just it was so much easier to just eat out. You got busy, you were uh, working very late, just eat out. So I found, um, I rediscovered my love of cooking, and I've been cooking up a storm. Another thing is, um, you know, when I was pre-university, pre-law, um, I used to sew my own stuff. And for a long time, I, I actually wanted to be a part of the fashion industry. But then law came and you forget about all those skills. You know, I brought this here with me so I could show you. So this is a, um, since masks are encouraged, I decided to make a more fancy one. That's amazing. <laughs> this is a beautiful floral pattern for those who obviously cannot see the mask. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. You're so talented. <laughs> those are some things that I've discovered. But another thing is that 
in many ways, we're very consumer driven. So restaurant meals, hair dressers every few weeks, uh, shopping, you know, just splurge shopping. You know, when you're walking down Bay Street, you're, you, you go by these shops in, um, and, and you just end up buying something on, on the spur of the moment. I find with the self-isolation, I'm spending so much less. And it's something that you don't really think about before this shutdown happened, the lockdown happened. And I think it's a good lesson also to learn that we really don't need a lot of the things that we thought were so important. It's also given me time to reflect on things. And I hope that most people, as I have, find that they have a fount of um, resilience. Uh, It's also made me think about my parents and our forefathers or foremothers and the struggles that brought them here to Canada. And I think that in itself is uh, inspiring. It, It hasn't been, you know, to be honest, it hasn't been all that easy on the psych. And I think for most people, if they're honest with themselves, it's not that easy. Uh, You don't know what the future is going to hold. But I think if we look back, historically, there's been so many difficult times and we, we come through. So on a positive note, this too will pass and we'll find a big store of resilience in each of us. Well, that's great. Thank you so much, Lai, for your comments and the inspiration at the end. To all of our listeners who tuned in, please take care and stay safe. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We invite you to check out our website at on.facl.ca and subscribe to Fackles newsletters and podcasts. If you have any questions, please contact us through our website. We look forward to having you join us again.